Rachel, how you doing? Amazing. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I've never done Zencaster, so this is great. Well, hey, um, I was hoping to talk to you real quick just about how things are going. What we're trying to do is we're doing 40 of these. We're calling them quarantine conversations and uh, 40 days of quarantine, uh, a different person each day. I'm just having these different discussions, how people are coping with and, and sometimes even thriving during these uncertain, unsettling times. And since you've written quite a bit about comparison, I thought you know, now is a time where comparison is especially a, a killer, but we also, I think, realize the absurdity of, of everything. You know, I was, uh, while all of us are on quarantine, I was driving down the street. It was actually at Sunset Boulevard in uh, West Hollywood. And I see this, you know, this big billboard for a Ralph Lauren ad. And it's this guy wearing like a pink tuxedo or something. And, and, and by the way, it's the middle of this, what, what looks like a dystopian future. That we, there's barely any traffic out or, or anything. And, and, and it, I don't, there was something about that that just punctuated the absurdity of us buying all these sort of flashy things to make me look better than, than someone else. And man, it seems, it seems so ridiculous right now. Yeah, especially now. I mean, people are to the point if they've lost their jobs or hours been cut back. I mean, they're literally looking to see, okay, do we have enough money for food? And all of a sudden, the materialism of our world becomes way second fiddle, where it probably should have been in the first place. But man, it, it really wakes up, um, I think, our eyes and our hearts to what we were valuing in the first place. And I'll be honest too. I'm like, man, I even got stuck a little bit in the rat race. And when all of that is paused for you, and you're able to look up and kind of reevaluate like, oh, wow, I was running this rat race thinking I wasn't trying not to, but you still get caught up in everything. And this has forced so many people in a really healthy way to pull back and look some obviously more scarier than others, depending on their situation. But uh, I think it's I think it's been really refreshing specifically for Americans. You're at home right now. I am. Yes. Now, I know that. um you, know, you all are still doing – it's not business as usual, obviously, over there at the Ramsey Solutions team. But um, it's uh, certainly modified and, and we have to, to adjust accordingly. Um, but uh, we are trying to have some normalcy in, in our lives still. Yeah. What are there, is there anything you're doing now to, to maintain that sense of routine or, or normalcy? Yes. Um, gosh, doing the best we can, honestly. I mean, I think there's some days that we feel like we're, we're doing well with it. And then other days it is, it's more of a struggle. And with my work specifically, because I do do a lot of, you know, media interviews and that kind of thing, I have gone into the office every now and then. So I've at least had the uh, breath of fresh air, in my opinion, for my personality to actually put regular clothes on and do my hair and have makeup on and just like kind of feel like a normal person again. Uh, but then the days that I am home having to schedule and figure out kids and when things work best for this time. And, and I'm just thankful though. A lot of people are really flexible uh, because everyone's in that same issue. But I think obviously the more structured we are with me as a mom, with the kids, the easier things are uh, when there's just routine in place for, for us. I find the people that are, are thriving during a period like this or even succeeding are, are the people who have been able to get uncomfortable with uncertainty. And I know that's difficult for many of us, especially someone like me. I'm, I'm very much a completist. I, I like having my to-do list and my tasks. I like to have my routine. I like to get up early and start writing and then I go into the office. And, and, and so I, I, I have a, a fairly regimented sort of schedule, even though it's, it's self-imposed and, and no one else has imposed 
that on me. But even, but during a time like this, there's a whole lot more uncertainty. And I think if we can get comfortable with that, if we, if we can sort of sit with it and realize that it's going to be okay, even amid the, the uncertainty, then it, it, it turns down the volume on the anxiety. Yeah, yes, I think you're exactly right. And what we've been saying a lot about Ramsey Solutions is control the controllables. So mm. there are going to be things that you cannot control. You can't go. You can't control what's going on in Washington D.C. You can't control what your governor is going to do with the states when they're going to lift different orders. I mean, there's just things you can't control. Uh, but there are some things you can. And so, you know, when I talk about personal finance specifically. You know, you can control the money that is coming in, even if it's from unemployment, you can control and decide where that money needs to go. And when you can focus on the things you can control and prioritize, whether it's your money, it's your day, it's your schedule, uh, whatever it is, man, it, it does. It gives a sense of peace because I think we focus on the things we just can't control. And, and I found myself even that first week or two just watching the news, you know, everything from CNN and Fox and ABC. I'm like getting all of them, seeing what's happening and kind of found myself fretting over everything. I'm like, Rachel, you cannot control what's going on over there. You can control if you wash your hands, you can control if you go out, you can control, you know, the money specifically of like where it's going to go in the budget. Like those are things that you can control. And so focusing on that does relieve a lot of the stress and the fear for me personally. Have there been any lessons for your kids throughout this? I know, I mean, obviously you wrote a book about this, uh, smart money, smart kids, and, and and talking to kids about budgeting. But in a different circumstance like this, I, I found that my my six year old daughter she understands this a lot more than than I anticipated. Mm, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's been um, interesting to see them because my husband and I both have been more home more than ever, and so getting that family time and realizing wow the the values in my life um, have been forced to kind of like reevaluate. I'm like, I, I enjoy being with my kids and I, I miss them. I think even more than I realized working a lot and that kind of thing. And so uh, taking that time and seeing how they relate to us, I think has been huge. And then also, I think it was a lesson my five-year-old learned. She had her fifth birthday party or party, her fifth birthday two weeks ago. She had a quarantine birthday party with us hmm. and you know she was trying to understand, okay, so why can't I, you know, have X, Y, and Z, who, why can't so-and-so come over and, you know, re having that conversation, but it puts everything back into the simplistic state, which obviously this is like what you guys preach over and over again, but it just solidifies the truth to it. I'm like, man, when it's just our family and I have a box cake that I had to make from Publix and who knows if it was even that good. And we ordered pizza in and it was our family again on the back porch and did candles and a few birthday gifts, but like that was it. And it was great. It was so great. And just, I don't know, there was such a refreshing thing about about that time with her. And you know what? She was fine. Like, she was fine. And it just reminds me how many things I do for my kids. Uh, and mine are younger, obviously, five, three, and uh, six months. But I, I mean, so much of what I do, I'm doing for myself through them. And I'm like, man, she didn't care. Like, she loves this right now. And I'm the one that was all worried about, you know, oh, no, she's not going to get this certain kind of balloon that she wants or whatever stupid thing mm. it was. Um, she doesn't care. And so the simplicity that this is forced on our family has been really, really good and refreshing. You know, the, the, the important things, or rather the things we thought were important, we're realizing right now are not nearly as important as, as we once imagined. You know, it, had that happened you know, six months ago before we were prepared for this, and all of a sudden your daughter wasn't allowed to have 
kids over for some reason or you couldn't have the the party you wanted or the cake or the balloons or or, or whatever that that would have seemed much more like a catastrophe than it does now where it just seems like a, a mild inconvenience in the grand scheme of things and what i'm hoping throughout throughout all of this is that this has been a, a pause for many of us, or if not a pause, at least a, a slowing down. And that slowing down allows us to to stop for a moment and, and start to question the the prioritization, the importance of, of each item and each effort that we make. And what I'm realizing, even me as, as one of the minimalists, that th- this momentary pause has has actually made things less anxious for me has made things much calmer and more serene in a way that I, that I didn't anticipate. But, but I think part of that is because I've been willing to, to ask those questions and say, what is important in my life and what am I willing to let go of? Because truth be told, I have to let go of some stuff if I want to be able to to survive or, or even thrive in in a situation like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it is amazing how things just get put back into perspective, like you're saying. And, you know, even the things that we valued, it it just reshapes everything. Like it's just it's been so wild and it's been so good. And, you know, my husband and I even talked about like what are the things we want to take with us out of quarantine and into our lives again? Like what are the things that we're enjoying the most? And part of it was that simplicity, that that whole kind of theme. And, and it was also just the slowdown and realizing, man, we were just kind of in this rat race going, going on. And it was and it, and it was good stuff, whether it was work or out to dinner with friends or Amelia's soccer practice, you know, that she just started. Like, like it was all great, fun things, but we just realized how overloaded we were, not with just stuff around our house, materialism stuff, but but our schedules and our time. And it and it just swept all that away. And you realize, oh, wow, okay, life can be like this. And it just doesn't feel so full. And it's so, so good. It's so good, I think, for our souls personally. Um, and that's one thing we're, we're going to strive for in this next season of life. Of like, man, we're going to just prioritize so differently. And I, like, I think it's that. I like the exercise of, of now that we have slowed down a bit and saying, what am I going to carry forward from this? Because clearly our lives have changed, some of us more than others. Uh, there are people who are immunocompromised or immunosuppressed or have underlying conditions who even have to be more careful. And, and, and so they've, they've paused significantly. There are other people who are frontline workers and, and, and nurses and doctors, and I know quite a few of them, and their life is actually ramped up to, to some extent. And so uh, it's not normal for anyone right now, but how are we going to leave this abnormal? We're not going to go back, by the way. I don't think we're going to turn around and, and run back to November of, of 2019. That's not going to happen. We're going to have some sort of new normal that is birthed out of this abnormal. Now, you mentioned the rat race, and even when it is ostensibly good, the problem with the rat race is if you win, you are still a rat, right? That's the whole thing with the, with the, the rat race. I, I don't want to be involved in it. And, and for the last decade, I've made a concerted effort to get really good at saying no. And that has continued throughout this quarantine. I've, I've continued to say no to additional obligations. Because, and especially, I think it's important right now because it's been easier for me to try to, to take things on. Someone wants a piece of your time. Hey, can I do this, uh, you know, this project with you or whatever? And, and it's easy to overcommit. And really, that's what you're talking about right now is, is overcommitting. The, uh, the word priority, uh, 
we didn't have a plural for it until the 20th century. So, so priority literally means the first thing. And now we have the United Nations who, who, who releases a list of the, of their 163 priorities. (laughs) Just think about how absurd that is. If, if you have 163, the first things, you don't have any priorities at all. And so priority, when, when I think about priorities, I try to use that word as a, as a singular as, as much as possible. I think about it that way. What is the first thing? And then after the first thing, what is the next first thing? And, and as I go through it, that's how we prioritize our life. But if, if I have a you know, hundred different things, I probably don't have any real priorities. If everything is a priority, then nothing is. Yeah, I love that. That's so brilliant. I didn't know that. I had no idea that that was a singular word until our until the 20th century. Good night. How many priorities? I mean, it's floating out there is what it feels like. So that is so good. That is so, so good. Yeah. And it's been interesting as I've you know been doing media interviews and talking with people and, and really reaching out and trying to help people when it comes to their money. Uh, it's been interesting to realize that personal finance and the way people have been dealing with their money uh, they've really been exposed in this in this season because of possible habits they've been in with their money, uh, lifestyle choices they've made. And when a crisis comes, you realize the people that have been prepared and have made their money situation a priority in their life to really work on it versus those that haven't. And so uh, it's been really encouraging to hear the people that, you know, they, they've gotten out of debt. They have this emergency fund in place and they're really... Uh, stable in their in their world when it comes to their money, and when this all happens, sure, there's some fear, but it's really more of an inconvenience than a crisis. Versus people that have taken on a lot of debt and they've been living paycheck to paycheck and they don't have savings and they're spending everything they make. And it's not to shame those people by any means. If that's you listening, by any means, that's my my part of my job is to help you get out of that cycle. But and letting this be a wake up call. And like you said, I think we all can take something out of this quarantine. And make ourselves better. And so, with my bread and butter of, of personal finance, man, that would be my my huge charge to people listening. That if you do not like the position you are in with your money, and you're freaked out, and if you've lost a job, or maybe hours are cut, or the fear of losing a job because you don't know what you would do without that paycheck, uh, it is it, it's a big deal to to say, you know what, I'm going to be different. I'm going to come out of this, and this is going to be a line in the sand. That I say the the pandemic back in 2020, you can tell your grandkids that was the moment mm-hmm. I said, you know what, I'm not going to let my money control me. I'm not going to let my stuff own me. I am going to turn my perspective around and actually be better because of this. And it, it is that wake up call. And uh, I think finding those those moments in everyone's life out of this is going to be really important. I think that's a great place to end it. Rachel, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Joshua. Thanks for having me on.